Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Today we're joining with Christians in every nation all over the world celebrating what we call Palm Sunday, or some call Passion Sunday. This is the first day of what's called Holy Week. It's one of the most important weeks in our Christian faith. We know how it started, you know, in Jerusalem as a parade. Jesus had a parade, you know, heading towards Jerusalem. And then we know we, we ended in, on Friday with, with Good Friday, what seemed to be the end and, you know, it's interesting, and I tell people this all the time, that Christianity would have ended on Friday if it wasn't for the resurrection that happened on Sunday. We serve a living God, not a dead God. Jesus is alive this morning. But today I want us to, to learn some things about this important day, this significant day, Palm Sunday, and maybe some things that you've never heard before that will hopefully bring revelation, inspiration, and greater faith to our lives. So I want to start by reading in Matthew 21, the story of Palm Sunday. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, and we know the prophet was Zechariah. And he said this 500 years earlier. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey, which means that this animal was about a year or less than a year old. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches, and we read in John 12, 13, that these branches were palm branches. And they cut branches from the trees, and they spread them on the road, and the crowds that went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. The word Hosanna means come now. Come now. Come now. The people were believing that Jesus was the Messiah that was going to come now and liberate them now from the tyranny and bondage of Rome. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, say the whole city, city. was stirred and asked, who is this? You know when Jesus comes into your life, your whole life is stirred. Everything's turned upside down. Your family, everything, your friends, everything is turned upside down. Because when Jesus makes an appearance, nothing stays the same. I hear an amen? Who is this? The crowds answered. The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. 
So we see here that there was a mighty parade, and it was one of the first times that Jesus actually came out in the public and acknowledged their acclamation. They acknowledged their praise and worship. Usually, he would heal people, and he would perform miracles, and he'd say, okay, now go, don't tell anybody, okay? But this was different. And so you have a parade of Jesus with his disciples on a humble donkey entering Jerusalem. And we talked last week about Gethsemane because they had entered Jerusalem through the the Mount of Olives, and they're entering Jerusalem from the east side. And that wasn't the only parade that was happening that day. Most people don't realize this. On the other side of town, the west side of town, there was another parade. It was Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was also entering Jerusalem at the time that Jesus was entering Jerusalem. Jesus was coming from the east, Pontius Pilate, and his army from the west. Jesus was coming on a humble donkey, Pontius Pilate on mighty horses of war with an army with shiny brass armament. A complete different picture. And really, this was a picture of the two worlds that exist. One world of the Spirit, the one world of God, a humble world, and then one of the world. And it was a picture of hope that Jesus brings, and then despair and bondage and death that the world brings. Two worlds colliding, not unlike our lives. Jesus comes to bring hope, but this world will always bring destruction and death. See, this world will always present itself to you through wealth, through power, through glamour, and will entice you or fear you into its servitude. Jesus presents himself on a donkey in humility with no demands on you at all, but rather he serves you with the giving of his life. The question that appeared on Palm Sunday still remains today. Which parade will you follow? Which parade will you follow, that of the world or that of Jesus Christ? And in this story of Palm Sunday, we also see a humble donkey. This little donkey. But what's interesting about this donkey is God had a purpose and plan for this donkey, so much so that this little donkey was written about 500 years before he would be on the earth. Think about it. That the Lord, God, had a plan for this donkey. If God has a plan for a donkey, how about you? How about me? Come on, let's thank the Lord this morning. Let's get excited about God's word. But what can we learn from this donkey? It's interesting. Just thinking about this. Here we are, Palm Sunday. And every Palm Sunday, this donkey is mentioned <laughs> all over the world. This donkey is famous. This is a famous donkey. But I'm thinking, God, help us to see our value. You value a donkey. You had a plan for a donkey that you spoke about hundreds of years earlier. Help us to understand, Lord, you have a purpose for our lives that's even more important than this little donkey. But all the earth and all the heavens rejoices over this donkey. 
because he carried Jesus Christ. So what can we learn from this donkey? Number one, God has a purpose for every life. And number two, the greatest purpose for our lives is to carry Jesus Christ. This donkey carried the Lord to the world. You and I, the greatest purpose of our lives is to carry Jesus Christ with our lives to the world. Amen? Amen. Secondly, God chooses the humble to carry the precious. God chooses the humble to carry the precious. You know, you might be here today and you might feel unacceptable, unworthy. You're inept. You don't see yourself the way God sees you. God sees you completely different and values you way more than you even value yourself. Because God has a purpose for your life. And we talked a little bit about this last week, that there's a plan that God has for our lives. So don't ever see humility. Don't ever see brokenness. Don't ever see weakness, your weakness, as a failure. See it as an opportunity for God to give you a testimony. God took a donkey and gave him a mighty testimony. Let me say something. If someone calls you a donkey, and I use that term loosely, consider it a compliment. Amen? Consider it a compliment. But what's interesting about this donkey is the Romans saw this donkey completely different than even God's people. See, a donkey was what a great general or a king would ride into Rome on when they had won a great battle. They would pull out a donkey, and that was symbolic that this general, this king, had won a great battle. And so here's Jesus on a donkey, and people look at it just as a donkey. The Romans feared it. What God sees in us is way more powerful than what we see in ourselves. And let me ask you a question today for, for the, you Bible scholars out there. Is it possible that God takes this donkey that we read about on Palm Sunday and makes him the great white horse that Jesus will return on? And we read in the book of Revelation. I want to read this passage of Scripture. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Is it possible that God can take you in your little, that God can take you when you see yourself as a little donkey and make you into a great white horse? And I believe the same thing in this day and age where there's such condescension upon Christians, upon churches. I believe God is going to take 
the little churches, the little people that God calls his people. And God's going to cause a mighty revival to come across this nation. Because what the world considers insignificant, God sees as mighty. Don't allow your weaknesses and the enemy to tell you you are insignificant. Because God sees you as a mighty white horse. Amen? And let's also look at the significance of the palm. On Palm Sunday, it's important to look at palm. Raise your palm to the Lord. My sister asked me, are we going to have palms in church tomorrow? I said, yeah, you have two of them. Just raise them both up. <laughs> but in the Old Testament, we see God gives the Jewish high priest a command on the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles was one of seven feasts that God commanded his people to have. Basically, the Lord said, unique guys need to party and celebrate. We need to party and celebrate, remember what God's done. So this was a feast of celebration, usually in September to mid-October, where God's people would celebrate provision. They would celebrate the harvest. And they would thank God every year for the provision of the harvest that God provided. We need to thank God for the harvest. You know, as Jenny was thanking God for her harvest, God wants us to thank him for all the good things that he gives to us and to remember those good things. Even when things become dry, you remember the good things and you begin to thank him. Amen? And it's also a time, a feast, where they celebrated that God took care of his people. After they left Egypt, they were in the wilderness of 40 years. But God provided for them, even in the wilderness. See, even in your wilderness time, God is at work. God is taking care of you. I think when we face the Lord, when we leave this earth, we're going to see so many times in our lives that the Lord said, you see here, I took care of you. Why are you so worried? Why are you so fearful? Look, you see here, I took care of you. I upheld you. You thought you, were going to, you weren't going to make it. That was me that held you. That was me that used those dry times to show you that I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never abandon you because you're my child. I'm a faithful father. And so during this Feast of Tabernacles, God gives the Jewish high priest a command in Leviticus 23.40. He says, on the first day you are to take your branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows, and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. And we see that during this feast that the male Jews went to Jerusalem in honor of all that God had done in their nation and their families. And as I said, during the time of, of, of the wilderness and, and, and rejoicing in the harvest that God would provide them every year. And they would go and bring their tithes and offerings to the temple. This was part of the feast. There was a pilgrimage that they would make. And on this pilgrimage, what they would do is they would take palm branches and they would build temporary shelters and to remind them of their time in the wilderness. And they would build these temporary shelters with palm branches. And these temporary shelters were called booths. And that's why this is also called the Feast of Booths. And so God was telling the priest that you are to bring your palms... Now listen, this is important. God was telling the priest, you ought to bring your palms and your willows. Now how many have heard of the willow tree? Okay, it's a sad looking tree, right? It's a messy tree too. I don't suggest anyone getting a willow tree. Those things make a mess. 
but you have the palms and the willows. And what's so significant about this is palm branches represent blessing, victory, abundance, joy, success, happiness, covering of God, provision. How many love palm trees? When I think of a palm tree, I think of vacation. Amen? It's my wife's favorite tree. When you see a palm tree, you immediately go into ah, vacation mode, right? That's what the palm was significant of. It was a good thing. But the willow tree, the weeping willow tree, weeping willow, the willow tree represented sorrow. It represented sadness. It represented adversity. It represented mourning. And what God was telling his people was you are to take the palm, the good times, the, the, the times of blessing and abundance, and you are to take the willow, the time of adversity, challenge, time of sorrow, time of weeping. And in both, you are to rejoice. You are to rejoice before me. Come on. Whether good times or bad times. The palm and the willow, you are to rejoice. And Palm Sunday is a time where Jesus, who's the high priest, the Bible says he's, he's the high priest in accordance with the order of Melchizedek. Jesus carried our weeping. He carried our cross. He carried our burdens. He carried our sorrow. So that you and me can carry the palm. See, let's Palm Sunday be a reminder that through, though there are times of sorrow, weeping, and crosses to bear in this world, resurrection is coming, people. The stone will always be moved away. Can we thank Jesus? That's the promise that we have in Christ. So three things that I want you to remember and take home with you today on Palm Sunday. Number one, you've got to raise your palm. You have to worship in the good and the bad times. Whether you're in a, a palm time or a willow time, you raise your palm and you worship the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. We need to own this Scripture and declare it over ourselves. So that when you are in a time of, of the willow, when you're in a time of adversity, when you're in a time where you're asking yourself, where is God? You need to speak this over yourself. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Come on, let's thank the Lord this morning. Let's rejoice. In our good times, let's rejoice in our sad times. Number two, you got to know that even in the toughest times of life, 
God's promises and word are always true for you. As a believer, even in the most difficult times that you will experience in life, God's promise will always be true. You know, Jesus told his disciples that he would raise from the dead. Now, Jesus spent all his time with his friends, his disciples. He taught them. He prophesied over them. He told them what was to come. He explained things that they didn't understand. They knew him intimately. And Jesus told his disciples who he was and that on the third day, he will rise from the dead. Now you think that when it came to Friday, that Friday after Palm Sunday, when they were rejoicing and raising palms and our Messiah is here, hallelujah, you would think that they would believe what Jesus told them. But on Friday, when they experienced the cross, they all abandoned him. Let us not be people that experience crosses in our lives and abandon Jesus. Because Jesus' word will be faithful. Never give up on Jesus. Never give up on his word. You know, the same people that were praising him, declaring Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, were the same people that were crying out, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Give us the world. Because God didn't meet them the way they expected. God is not Santa Claus. He is God. So we have to get this in our lives and declare that for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Though the fig tree does not bud, I know that God will provide. Though I am in a time of sorrow and challenge, I know that resurrection time is coming. I know, even though I might feel like I'm dead and in a tomb, I know that a new day is coming for me because God is faithful to his word. Amen? See, Psalm 35 says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How many of you old-time Christians remember this song? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. We need to wake up, get in the shower, and start singing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Put the shower, the water's not running. The water's not working. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The hot water's not working. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let me go to my neighbor's house. And number three. As believers, we're called believers for a reason. We need to have a certainty that Jesus will never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, say never. never. Say never again. Never. Jesus will never, ever leave you in a tomb of despair. He will never leave you in a tomb of despair. Lazarus was dead. 
Not for one day, not for two days, not for three days, but four days. At four days, the Bible says, by now he stinketh. You know what that means? He stinks. He's been dead for four days. Sometimes you get to a place in your life where your life stinks. You're saying, my life, and people actually say that, my life stinks. Well, as a believer, we have good news. Jesus showed us that even though you might stink, your life might stink, get ready because Jesus will not leave you dead in a tomb. Get ready. He's going to unravel those grave clothes. He's got something coming for you. Get ready. If he raised Lazarus from the dead after four days, he can raise you out of your situation. Jesus is alive. Jesus is living. Jesus is a good God. Jesus was dead himself, not one day, not two days, but three days. But yet, that stone was rolled away. I declare in the name of Jesus, though I might feel like I'm in a tomb, though I might feel dead, I know resurrection is coming. I know a stone that might be in my path. God is able to remove that stone because God is God. God is mighty. God is big. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture because there will be a day. There will be a day. The Bible promises us, and I will stand on His Word, that there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more complaining. There will be no more lack. This is the greatest promise that we have of eternal life in heaven. You will have a mansion. You might not be able to pay your rent now. But trust me, that rent has been paid for eternity. You will have a mansion. There is coming a day. There is no more sorrow. There is no more weeping. In Revelation 7, 9, after this I looked, and, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. This is us, people. Let me read this again. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. There's no willow branches in heaven. There's only palm branches in heaven. God is a faithful God. God is a good God. This is the promise that we have today. Thanks for listening today. We pray you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.